Torment by Off. Ochako sat alone in her car across the street from Izuku's house. It was the middle of the night, and a heavy rain fell across the city. The droplets pitter-pattered on the roof as she eyed the dimly lit abode, her thoughts a bit clouded. She was unsure how long she had been sitting there, but she knew it had been a while. She'd spent that time trying to work up the courage to go knock on his door, unsure how to talk to him after what had happened. Nonetheless, she knew she had to, so she took a deep breath, grabbed her umbrella out of the passenger seat beside her, and stepped outside. She struggled to hang on to her umbrella as she crossed the street, the fierce wind threatening to snatch it away should she loosen her grip even a little bit. Fighting against it made each step towards his house a sort of challenge, but she marched on anyway, determined to reach his door. The windows were dark as she made her approach. The lonely porch light acted as the only indication that someone may be home. She briefly paused in front of the steps, taking another deep breath before making her way up them. With the porch overhang now shielding her from the rain, she closed up her umbrella and began eyeing the doorbell. She stood there silently for a moment before nervously pressing the glowing button. A gentle chime echoed within the walls of the idle house before falling silent again. Once a couple minutes had passed with no response, she felt a bit defeated. Should I just leave? Maybe I shouldn't have come. After considering it for a moment, she dismissed the idea. Leaving wasn't an option. She reached for the button again, but before she could press it, a light clicked on at the top of the stairs inside. She stared up at the lit hallway through the frosted glass on the door, feeling a pit in her stomach. Her eyes fixated on his blurry figure as he descended towards her, her mind scrambling to work out how exactly she was going to explain herself. Within a moment, though, he was on the other side of the door, and she felt paralyzed. He was merely a distorted blob when viewed through the glass, but she could still feel his glare as he analyzed her through it, presumably attempting to discern who exactly was ringing his doorbell at such an hour. After a short delay that felt more like an eternity to her, he eventually opened the door and removed the only barrier in between them. The two of them stared silently at one another for a moment before they spoke almost simultaneously. She quietly muttered his name, Deku, while he responded with a confused tone, Uraraka? Her eyes darted around the door frame and the siding of the house, trying to avoid looking at him as she searched for the words to explain her presence. Hey, I'm sorry for waking you up. He tilted his head to the left a little, but remained silent seemingly considering how to respond. This really only served to make her more nervous, though, but she managed to continue anyway. I... I'm here to apologize. For what happened. Izuku studied her closely. The somber expression she wore wasn't something she showed him often. That, combined with what she had said, seemed to be enough for him to know something was wrong. After a brief pause, he spoke again, his voice more gentle this time. Hey now, come inside so we can talk, okay? He walked inside, leaving the door ajar for her. She hesitated for a moment, wondering why he was even willing to hear her out, 
then stepped inside. There, she took off her sopping wet coat and hung it on the rack next to the door. She then slipped her shoes off and followed him into the living room. Once she caught up to him, he spoke again. Why don't you take a seat? I'll go make us some tea. He started walking towards the kitchen. He was as hospitable as always, and it made her feel guilty, given the circumstances of her visit. Y you don't have to do that, Deku. He turned back to her momentarily and shook his head, insisting on it, before continuing to the other room. From her position, she could hear him rummaging through the cupboards. I think I still have some of your favorites here. Somewhere. While she awaited his return, she moved to take a seat on the sofa. The room was dim, the only source of light being the occasional flash of lightning outside and the fluorescence spilling in from the kitchen. She made an attempt to turn on the lamp to her left, atop the side table, but it didn't seem to respond to her tugging at the string. She followed the power cable to the wall, and it was definitely plugged in. It just didn't work. She moved back to her original spot on the couch and gazed around the room. It was then that she became acutely aware that something was off about the space. The air was still, and it was eerily quiet. Furthermore, all of the furniture, the light fixtures, the remotes and magazines on the table, the picture frames on the wall, everything was covered in a thick film of dust. It was as though the room had been abandoned entirely a very long time ago. She found this deeply unnerving, the observation only serving to make the guilt welling up inside her exponentially worse. What hurt her the most, though, was looking over the vast collection of hero merchandise lining his various shelves. It was no surprise to anyone that his collection only grew after high school. Where previously it was dominated by All Might, it had now been expanded to include figures and various novelty items modeled after his pro-hero friends, many of which depicted Aravity. She knew how much he loved and cared about his collectibles, how much pride he took in carefully displaying them. But now they sat dirty and forgotten. She felt terrible. She didn't have much time to wallow in that feeling, though, before he re-entered the room. Carrying a cup of tea in each hand, he took a seat beside her, offering her one. She accepted it reluctantly and took a small sip before setting it down on the table in front of them. He did the same, setting his down beside hers. So what's wrong, Uraraka? What's this about? She tried and failed to elaborate several times. When she did finally manage to speak, she found herself fighting back tears as the words tumbled out. I just... I feel so horrible about what happened, Deku. I think about it every day, and I just want nothing more than to apologize to you for it. She paused, and tears began to stream down her face before she continued. I just feel so guilty. He moved to take her into a gentle hug, allowing her to cry into his chest. She wrapped her arms around him as well. He now understood exactly what this was about, rubbing her back to console her as he responded, Raka, it's alright. It's not your fault. None of it was. She tightened her grip around his waist, trembling slightly as she struggled to understand how he could say that. But... how? She hugged him just a little bit tighter. How is it not my fault? I could have done more. I should have done more. She paused for a moment, choking on her tears. 
miss you so much, Deku. I just want you back. He shifted back a bit to put some space between them, being gentle as he removed her arms from around his waist. He carefully wiped some of her tears away, though more quickly took their place. Look, Ochako, there wasn't much you could have done in that situation. His words trailed off, and he turned his attention to the teacups on the table. She looked up at him, but he didn't return the gaze. She knew he had more to say. It was so obvious on his face. But... He turned back to her again and sighed, a somber expression replacing the gentle smile he'd had on before. I'm not coming back. You have to understand that. His eyes were empty as he spoke those words so matter-of-factly. She felt her heart shatter as she was reminded of the grim reality. Sobbing even harder than before, she took him into a tight hug once again. She knew what he said was true, but her heart still wasn't ready to let go of him. She desperately choked out some words in between her cries. I... I love you, Deku. She gripped him tighter. I can't forgive myself. She held him like that for what felt like hours, until she eventually found herself lying awake in her bedroom by herself, clutching a pillow tightly in her arms, the fabric damp from her tears. She'd had that dream again, the one that had tormented her nearly every night since that mission they'd gone on together two months prior, the one where she'd failed to save him.